scripture today comes from uh, a gospel, of course. It uh, comes today from the gospel according to St. Luke. Now, to give you a little bit of a context here, we have been through that Maundy Thursday experience where Jesus shared his last meal with his disciples. And then the crescendo continues to arise and it goes through Good Friday when the church commemorates the death of Jesus. And then there's Holy Saturday where there is, there's a waiting. There's a waiting and then there is Easter. And so today, that's what we commemorate uh, Today, from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 24, beginning with verse 1, Luke chapter 24, verse 1. This is the Word of God, the living Word of God. I ask you to rise now for its hearing. On the first day of the week, at early dawn, they came to the tomb, taking the spices that they had prepared. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they went in, they did not find the body. While they were perplexed about this, suddenly two men in dazzling clothes stood beside them. The women were terrified and bowed their faces to the ground, but the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here, but has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be handed over to sinners and on the third day rise again. Then they remembered his words, and returning from the tomb, they told all this to the eleven and to all the rest. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. You may be seated. Bless you. A woman walked into her bank, and as she approached the the teller, she uh, saw a sign off, off to the side where the teller's window is, and And she read the sign, and as she read the sign, she began to shout out, No! No, you can't do this! What am I going to do with all my money? I've been banking here. No, you can't do this. And the teller was standing there uh, confused about her distress until the teller realized that the woman had misunderstood the sign. She had read it, Close for good, Friday. <laughs> You'll get it tomorrow. <laughs> Close for good, Friday. That must have been how the disciples felt. The early followers of Jesus, the original Friday, closed for good. The works of Jesus closed for good. The good news and the miracles of Jesus closed for good. The teachings of Jesus and all that's been accomplished, that must have been how it felt, closed for good. And then there came this unbelievable, overwhelming pronouncement from the women who had been to the tomb, He is not here He is risen. He's no longer dead. He is alive. Listen to me today. The church began in a graveyard. The faith that the church celebrates, the faith of who we are, began at a tomb that was empty because Jesus said, 
The Son of Man must be handed over, but in three days something will happen. You won't understand it, but that doesn't change the fact it's going to happen. I love the way the, the Apostle Paul wrote about it. Paul said, I want to pass on to you what is of greatest importance. And then he begins to say, look, of all the things that we can learn about Jesus, there are three things that are so important. He says, first of all, Christ died for our sins. He was buried. And on the third day, he arose. And then Paul says something strange. He says, and he Christ appeared to me. Now, Paul never physically saw Jesus after the resurrection. So, what did he mean? What could he mean when he said, he appeared to me? What, what would Paul be speaking of since he wasn't there? What did he mean? What he was saying was, I have experienced myself the resurrected Christ in my life. It's not just something abstract to me. It's not just something people tell me about and have told me about. It's not something out there anymore. The Apostle Paul has said, Christ has appeared in my life. It's very, very personal for me. And because of Easter, that's something you can say and I can say. And I think that's why Easter is so powerful, because you and I are Easter people. We live on this side of the resurrection. So for just a few minutes this morning, I want to share with you from a pretty personal place why Easter is so important to me. I mean, I've been doing this kind of work for a long time. And you know how sometimes you can see something so many times that you really don't see it anymore? Sometimes you can pass something so many times you really don't really see it anymore. Sometimes you can preach the gospel such that you really don't understand the magnitude of it until it becomes very, very personal for you. And so today I want to share some things with you about Easter. First of all, because of Easter, I don't have to be perfect. You see, in order to be in a relationship with a holy God, I need to be holy, and I need to be without blemish, and I am not. In order to be with Christ, who is perfect, I need to be perfect in all I do, and I most certainly am not, but because of what Easter means, I don't have to keep working so hard to have a relationship with God. There are some things that I do reasonably well. There are some things I do all right. There are some things I like to do, and there are some things I put up with doing. But there are many, many things I cannot do. And chief among them is, I cannot save myself. I cannot save myself. And the reason I cannot save myself, the reason I am not holy, is because there are so many holes in me. Because of all the failures and broken places and faults and blemishes in my life, I cannot save myself. 
there is this thing, you hear about it every now and then, called original sin, which basically means that when we come into this world, we're born with this, this, this sin nature, the Bible tells us. They call that original sin. Over the years, I've had some strange questions asked me about God. How old is God? What does God look like? Does God spy on me? Why did God let this happen? But about three years ago, on a Monday morning, I got a question I had never been asked before. On the day before, I had preached on forgiveness, and I had a person walk into my office. He had been listening, so he just walked right into my office. Just, just walked right, walked right past the secretary's desk, walked right into my office and said, Pastor Bobby, <clears throat> what's the most I can get away with and still go to heaven? I just need to know where the line is. What's the most I can get away with and go to heaven? Because I sure hope God ain't expecting me to be too good. No, because of Easter... I don't have to be perfect. That's the first thought. There are people in this world who sort of have a performance mentality. They, they feel like if they do good, then they are good. And they get sent messages that if you do this, and if you do this, and if you do this, then you're acceptable. But if you don't do that, then you're not acceptable. There are people in this world who feel like they're constantly needing to meet up to expectations, either at work or at home or in a marriage or in a friendship or whatever it might be. There are people who work really, really hard to be accepted. I'm here today to tell you, you don't have to be perfect to belong to Jesus Christ. Here's the second thought I want you to hear this morning. Not only do you not have to be perfect, but because of Easter, God is going to win. Now let me hear you say amen if you agree with this statement. The world is in a mess. Amen. It's a mess. It's a mess. It, the, it, the, our nation, our world, it is, it, is, it is a mess. But Easter says God is going to win. Just as it was true on Good Friday that sin was dealt a fatal blow, so it is on Easter that sin is dealt a fatal blow. God wins. God wins. Now, I want you to know from a very personal place, that's hard for people to believe sometimes because have you noticed there's a lot of injustice going on in this world? There are a lot of things that we don't understand, a lot of things we can't explain, a lot of things where people scratch their head and say, where is God in all this? But the Christian faith teaches us that God is going to win. That there is evil in the world. 
that bad people do bad things and good people who deserve it the least have the worst things happen to them sometimes. But there is still this proclamation that God is going to win. There was anxiety and despair on Thursday evening. There was dejection on Friday. But Christians like you and I, friends, are all over the world today gathering because the tomb was empty, is empty, and will forever be empty. And that means death doesn't win. That means evil doesn't win. It means that there may be weeping in the night, but joy comes in the morning. It means that God is going to win. I was watching a TV program the other day, and they were, they were doing a little bit of a, a history of, on, on Billy Graham. It's been about five years ago since Billy Graham died. Billy Graham was known as America's pastor. He was 99 years old when he died. He had suffered for Parkin with Parkinson's for a long time. He lived out his last days. Some of you may know this. He lived out his last days at his family home in North Carolina. <clears throat> There's a story about an occurrence that took place a number of years ago. Dr. Graham was in his hometown of Charlotte attending a tribute dinner in his honor. Lots and lots of people came, and when the tributes were finished, they asked Dr. Graham if he would stand and say a few words. At the time, Billy Graham was 93 years old. He stood, and he said this. Let me tell you a story. It's a story about Albert Einstein. Albert Einstein was Time Magazine's man of the century for the 20th century. Einstein was the typical kind of brilliant, odd professor. And the story Billy Graham told was that Einstein was once on a train and he was, he was making his way to a speaking engagement when the conductor, this was years and years ago, the conductor came by and was asking for tickets, people's tickets. Well, Einstein couldn't find his ticket. So he began to fumble around and he still couldn't find his ticket. And the conductor is looking at him and, and getting a little bit frustrated. And so he said, all right, Professor Einstein, I know who you are. Most people know who you are. So don't worry about your ticket. I got it, okay? So he goes on down the aisle and he's checking tickets. And he, he looks back and lo and behold, he sees Einstein down on all fours looking under the seat, still feverishly trying to find that ticket. So he goes back to him and he leans down and he says, Professor Einstein, don't worry about it, sir. I know who you are. And on all fours, Einstein looked up at him and said, Young man, I too know who I am but I don't know where I'm going. <laughs> hmm. Billy Graham told that story, and then he said this to the crowd. He said, friends, do you like this suit I have on? This is a new suit. My children have been on me for years because they say my clothes are out of date. 
So I went out and bought a new suit, friends. Then he looked at him and he said, I may be buried in this suit. I don't know when that'll be. But I do know this. I know who I am, whose I am, and I know where I'm going. You need to let that sort of marinate for a second. I know who I am. I know whose I am. And I know where I'm going. Because of Easter, you can know, not just guess, but know where you're going. Because of Easter, I don't have to be perfect. And because of Easter, I can, I can know that God is going to win. But finally, and perhaps the most important is this. Because of Easter, I'll get my loved ones and my friends back. This is the very, very heart of Easter. Because on Good Friday, death was dealt a fatal blow, but on Easter, sin was dealt a fatal blow. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and I am the life. He who believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. I want you to know this morning that I personally take great comfort in this last point. Because there are some people that I have loved dearly and I lost them. And I wasn't ready for them to go. People who were dear to me and who made this world a better place and I wasn't ready to let them go. Do any of you have stories like that? People who have just made the world of difference to you. But you see, Easter proclaims, listen friends, Easter says this life isn't all there is to life. Do you hear that today? Easter says, don't put a period where God puts a comma, because this life ain't all there is to life. There is this idea out there that you live and then you die. Easter says you live and you die, but you live again. That's what Easter says. Some of those people that I love and I look forward to seeing were on this side of heaven last Easter. Since then, they have outrun me to the Father's house. Last year, they were celebrating Easter with me. This year, they are in the Father's house. Have there been people you have loved who since last year have made their way to the Father's house? Hear this. 
Please hear this. Jesus said, I go and I prepare a place for you. Either that's true or it's not true. Easter says it's true. Jesus has gone to prepare a place so that our loved ones, the ones who have gone on some time back and the ones who just less than 12 months ago were here, our loved ones have checked into their heavenly home. That's what Easter says. Let me close with a, this, this account. It is said that Winston Churchill planned his own funeral, every single detail of it. And if you've ever read anything about Winston Churchill, you could actually believe that to be true. Winston Churchill wanted his funeral to be held at St. Paul's Cathedral, that magnificent 17th century structure. He had certain hymns he had picked out. He had this beautiful Anglican liturgy and all that kind of thing. He had planned all this out. And when the service ended, just after the benediction was pronounced, he had declared that there would be a bugler to play taps. That universal message that it, the day is done. But then the strangest thing, he also said, I want another bugler to, to play Reveille. It's time to get up. It's time to get up. It's time to get up. Yes, yes. Easter says there is life and there is death, but there is also life again. God speaks that word to you and to me today and to everyone within the hearing of my voice that those who believe in him, this is not everything. I do want to wish you a happy Easter this morning and I hope you have a wonderful day today but I want you to remember Easter is not just a day. Easter is a way those who belong to Christ live they live that way because if this is all there is there is reason for mourning but I believe there's more and it is true because of Easter so I wish you a happy Easter but I want to invite you to live like Easter people don't put a period where God puts a comma don't say it's over I want to ask you to bow your heads with me and as we're praying I want to ask our musicians to come and prepare to close our service today as we bow our heads and close our eyes we we realize the joy that Easter brings. We think about Easter's gone by. Today we also proclaim Easter is about eternal life. 
If I could sum it all up, I would say Easter's about eternal life for you and for me. And there may be people that were here on this side of heaven last Easter but are not here any longer. And there may be people sitting around you who may be in the Father's house 12 months from now. But regardless of what, we can give thanks to God that this ain't all there is to life. This ain't all there is. I invite you to hear that today. Because though there may be weeping in the night, joy will come in the morning. I'm going to take a second and open, open our altar for prayer if you'd like to come and pray. I try not to direct our prayers too much at this altar, but I want to invite you to come and either and give thanks to God or give thanks for someone. But I want to invite you to come and say, Lord, I thank you that this life isn't all there is to life. Whatever it might be, I want to invite you to come and pray and give thanks. And by the way, Happy Easter.